From Upstate Medical University, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. Bicyclists under the age of 14 are required to wear helmets in New York. And pediatric trauma experts from Upstate say it's important that young skiers and snowboarders also wear head protection. Here to explain why is Dr. Kim Wallenstein, a pediatric surgeon and pediatric trauma medical director, and nurse Kim Nasby. They're both from the Upstate Galasano Children's Hospital. Welcome to you both. Thank you for having us. So you've both been involved in efforts to get New York State to pass a law that makes helmets mandatory for winter sports, right? Yes, ma'am. Um, have, do we know where that stands? Or it's- Currently, it has passed uh, the Senate, and it is sitting in the Assembly right now for passage. They had a couple of uh, things that they wanted to change um, from last year when it went through. So those changes have been made, and now it sits waiting for um, approval. And we are very, very hopeful that that does get a- approval through New York State. Because this has been a multi-year effort it has been. So, it has okay. been a long time coming. Um, and it we have, uh, as injury prevention professionals and as trauma centers, have looked at the injury patterns um, over the span of a long time to kind of see what we could do to mitigate those injuries. And wearing helmets um, for all sporting activities is something that we look at um, from a data standpoint. Um, and something that really is preventable are some of the major head injuries that are from skiing, snowboarding, and even tubing and sledding accidents in the winter. Okay. Even like you would think tubing would be kind of a safer thing, but not necessarily. Not right? necessarily. It's similar to um, the, the thought process of, you know, riding your bike and rollerblading. Um, still a, a moving object, still um, the ability to have an impactful crash. Um, and in some tubing hills that are located right on the ski slopes, um, you're going just as fast as any snowboarder or skier would be going. Okay. Um, you said you've studied injury patterns. How do you how do you do that, Dr. Wallenstein? Well, injury patterns uh, are different really for every type of sport and every type of event. Uh, we look at our data uh, as the level one pediatric trauma center and the only one in upstate New York, we see a fair amount of the injured children uh, that come to our institution from the central New York area. And so we have a database of the types of injuries that we see. And we can look not only at our patients, but there are also state and national databases uh, that we can compare to as well to see what type of injury patterns there are with any type of event that happens to a child. Okay, and as to whether a helmet would be a thing that could help in that Correct, situation. Correct, because uh, we always ask, obviously, with the history of the of the incident or crash or whatever it is, you ask things like, with cars, are you wearing? Were you wearing your seatbelt? With uh, bikes or with snow sports, were you wearing a helmet? And so that data is in our system in our regist- registry, and we can go back and look at that and see if those children that wear helmets are less injured or have different injury patterns. Okay, now. Um I haven't heard us mention snowmobiles. Is that a different thing because it's motorized? Yes. So snowmobile helmets, um, it is a law to wear a snowmobile helmet in New York State. Okay. Um, similar to the motorcycle helmet law. Um, snowmobiles are a considered a motor vehicle, um, even though there's not they're not in, enclosed. Um, so they have a different crash test rating on their helmets than they would for, say, a ski, snowboarding, or tubing helmet. What about ice skating? Ice skating has not been researched a whole lot in that field of head injury. 
Um, and I would imagine as the as the data gets more in depth and as we start looking at individual um, sporting things, that I would see that ice skating would probably be coming to the forefront um, probably in the near future. Similar to if you if you remember back even five or ten years ago, we weren't really talking about helmets for lacrosse. We weren't talking about possible helmets for soccer. Um, not all kids wore baseball batting helmets, softball batting helmets. So the, the data is coming out in bits and pieces uh, based on the number of injuries that we see um, on a regular basis. So skiing, snowboarding, sledding, uh, tubing accidents um, are getting more and more reported so the number leads us to lead down that track of taking a look at see what can we do to help prevent these more serious injuries. So let's talk about, do the helmets really do a good job at guarding against head injury in these winter sports? Do you see a difference? The data has shown that helmets are the best way to reduce or prevent uh, head injury. They will not prevent every head injury, and p kids can still have severe head injuries even if they wear a helmet, but those injuries are, are definitely lessened by wearing the helmet. Uh, snow sports are a very high-speed risk activity, and anything can happen when you're speeding down the slope. And when children fall, uh, we know that about 20% of the time a head injury is going to be involved. And so you want to try to prevent those more major head injuries, but helmets can even prevent the minor ones such as cuts and skull fractures. Okay, how durable are the helmets? So um, ski helmets are rated for a different crash rating than a bike helmet, for instance. So um, one of our first points is please don't wear your bike helmet on the ski slope. You do need to have a ski helmet because the crash uh, ratio to the velocity of how fast you would crash is what the ski helmet is actually made for. And ski helmets are also, also made for multiple crashes. Bike helmets, on the other hand, is a one and done. If you get into one crash with your bike helmet, you're supposed to throw it out and get a new one. If you get, you can have the ability to have multiple crashes in a um, ski, helmet, ski helmet and it still be okay. As long as you haven't breached the surface and cracked it in any way, um, you can use your ski helmet over and over again. Okay. Well, I think that's important to make sure people realize they're not interchangeable. Absolutely. Just... Yeah. And most kids won't want to wear a ski helmet on their bicycles um, because they're hot. So most of the time, bike riding is done in the in the nicer weather, and ski helmets are definitely insulated more for that winter sport. So usually that's the reason that kids won't want to interchange them, um, is just because of the, not because of the safety issue for the children's point of view, but really just because it's too warm for them to wear. Well, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but with the, uh, with the winter helmets, are, are people wearing them in lieu of hats? Or ear protection? Or you can. You can. So the helmets um, that we have um, do have uh, linings on the inside of them, and most of the ski helmets that are offered um, on a commercial standpoint are all lined on the inside. However, some people still pr choose to wear a skull cap underneath their okay. helmet, depending on what you prefer. So it really is just a matter of preference. And if you are going to wear a skull cap underneath, we suggest that you wear that when you go to fit your helmet. Mm -hmm. 
to make sure that you get the right size. If you're going to constantly wear something underneath, make sure you get maybe a little bit bigger size so it fits properly. Good point. Well, let me remind listeners that this is Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, and I'm talking with Upstate's Dr. Kim Wallenstein and uh, nurse uh, Kim Nasby. They're both from the Pediatric Trauma Service. Um, And we're talking about the importance of kids wearing helmets. Um, I know kids are, helmets are important for kids, but what about for adults? Oh, it's across the board. It is. Um, It is absolutely important. So if you've noticed the wave of even bike helmet usage um, among everybody who rides a bike now, it's not just the kids. Um, You do see adults that are more and more aware of their own um, ability to to prevent things. Um, So adults are more and more coming over to the the idea of wearing helmets. And as Dr. Wallenstein stated earlier, it's very similar to the progression of seatbelt use. Um, You know, 25, 30 years ago, seatbelts were not even available in every single car that was produced. And now it is unheard of to be wearing, not wearing your seatbelt. I don't know how you can even be a driver and not put your Mm -hmm. seatbelt on because every single car that is made now has the bell and the, so I think for injury prevention initiatives, I think you are going to see these efforts for helmet usage um, increasing um, as time goes by to include not just children, but to include adults. And it's, it's great if adults wear their helmets because then it becomes more of a family thing. So if the children see their adults wearing helmets or their parents, then they're more likely to wear helmets themselves. And it's just a habit then. Mm-hmm. It becomes part of your gear you have to have. Exactly. Right, for, well, how does a person pick the right helmet for winter? So it depends on what you are doing. Um, there are certain helmets um, that are all... If, let me say this. If you are going to purchase a ski or snowboarding helmet or a tubing helmet, um, I suggest that you try them on. Do not just buy something off the shelf. You do not want the helmet to be too snug fitting where you end up with a headache and cutting off circulation to the tissues in your head. Um, you also don't want a helmet that is too loose fitting that it bobbles on your head. So they are very customized. I would not recommend you sharing helmets with others. You should have your own so that you know the history behind that helmet. You know if it's been in a crash before. You know how many times you have fallen. Um, So that's my recommendation for helmets. But there are so many different um, brands out there, um, and all of them are crash test rated before they hit the market. Are they they, all for the same? uh, Do you have to have one for skiing, one for sledding, or do they they work across the winter sports? They work across the winter sports. So you can't, but the style of them, so uh, my snowboarders um, like a certain style of helmet usually different from my skiers. So if you're looking for some aerodynamics, you can find a different helmet that might be a little sleeker. Um, for my snowboarders, they kind of like edgy things. They like their um, able ability to hear music when they're, so they, oh, have, right. they have internal speakers put in things. So there's a lot of different parts out there to look at, but they are all across the board kind of crash test rated for the same. Okay. Well, let's talk about the sorts of injuries. I can imagine that concussion it might be one thing that you see um, with head injuries. Um, is that the only thing? No, but absolutely we see a lot of concussions uh, with all of the snow-related activities. Uh, but like I was mentioning a little bit earlier, we see the whole spectrum of head injuries. Uh, when children fall and hit their heads, they can have lacerations or cuts on their heads. They can have skull fractures. Um, concussions definitely are one of the leading injuries. And then more severe injuries, uh, such as bleeding in the brain, which is clearly one of the more severe 
injuries that patterns that we see. Okay. Well, I wanted to ask you also, um, what is your advice for people who are skiing or snowboarding who witness a collision or, you know, what a skier hits another skier or hits a, a tree or something? What, um, what do you recommend that a bystander do to help that? They person? need to get help as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. And if they're on a public course, um, we have really wonderful ski patrol um, at all of our local um, ski mountains. Um, we work very closely with them um, throughout the year for some of these initiatives. So my suggestion is to get help as soon as possible because some of these injuries, especially if they have to do with the head, uh, require um, specialized um, physicians to take care of them. So these individuals really do need to get to the trauma center. Um, we have the folks here that can take care of them. We have a full staff of pediatric trauma surgeons. We have neurosurgeons, neurologists, orthopedic surgeons. We have a lot of people here that can take care of all those severely injured patients. So there's not really a whole lot that they can do at the scene to care for someone with a head injury, except to be there um, for emotional support and to make sure they, they get help as soon as possible mm -hmm. so that they can get to the trauma center. Absolutely. I completely agree. And another thing is they should definitely get specialized help that exists on the slopes and not try to move or alter that patient um, themselves because movement, if the patient has a head injury or a neck injury, can, be, can worsen that injury. So try to keep them still and, and mm -hmm. get help quickly. Right. Um, does the helmet need to stay on or should the helmet come off? Absolutely, keep the helmet keep the on. Keep the helmet on. Absolutely. Okay. We normally, for any sort of um, helmet-injured person, whether it's even a motorized vehicle, so a motorcycle, um, or some bike or snow-related injury, if they have the helmet on, the patients arrive to us usually with their helmets on. Um, it gives some stability as they transfer the patient and as they move the patient, and it really needs to be up to our healthcare professionals in order to determine if that helmet needs to come off. Sometimes it does come off, but it's only done by paramedics and our physicians mm -hmm. once they arrive to the hospital. Okay. And uh, once they arrive at the hospital, can you sort of walk me through what they would expect to have happen to them or what would... So from a trauma standpoint, it's a very regimented system. So sometimes with the more minor injuries, those children will come in to the emergency department and be evaluated by the emergency physicians, and then trauma will be involved as a consult service if they have an injury that's identified, such as a concussion. If they're more severely injured, then it becomes what we call a trauma level. There's uh, two main levels, one and two, where one is the more severe, and then two is the one that's just less than that. And that activates the entire trauma team, which includes a whole variety of people that include the trauma surgeons, the ED physicians, the residents, radiology, and nursing and other specialized care. And all of those people would meet the patient upon arrival. And then there's a very regimented um, series of, of things that happen for evaluation of the patient and, and management and treatment. Interesting. Well, good to know. Thank you both for being here. That's good information. My guests have been from the Pediatric Trauma Service at Upstate Golisano Children's Hospital, Medical Director Dr. Kim Wallenstein and Nurse Kim Nasby. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.